Hey folks, welcome to the Answers May Vary podcast. My name is Kristen Miller, and with me in the studio today are Brad Nisley. Hello everybody. And Brandon Miller. Hello. And Derek Schmucker is not in the studio today. He is actually calling in for this podcast. Hey folks, how's it going? So, it's, it's going well, Derek. So, can you tell our listeners where you are and what you're doing? So, yeah, uh, I am out hauling corn away from the field as we're harvesting it and hauling it to the elevator in town. So that's why it's my busy time of year. We're in harvest because I work on a farm, obviously. So that is where I'm at. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, we're sad to not have you here in person, Derek, but glad it worked out that you could call in. We had scheduled this podcast recording a little ways in advance and the rains conspired against us or maybe it was the corn that conspired against us i'm not sure and derek had to work tonight but he is um on the line from the tractor as you heard so um brad speaking about agriculture and such things you had some like kind of tomato kind of spicy that went awry recently or something what was going on yeah so i'll i'll let everyone in on this a little bit so i was i thought i knew what i was gonna do for kind of spicy and it involved my dislike of tomatoes which i'm sure there are plenty of people that are ready to jump all over me now and that's fine so i'm gonna jump in and say this if you don't know what kind of spicy is it's one of the segments of our podcast if you're new to the podcast sorry good point um and so i know it's it's a bad take and i i actually tried to to fix that by liking them but i couldn't couldn't do it um anyway the reason I canceled that kind of spicy was because the research I was doing didn't back up my point, so I just <laughs> ditched it because it wasn't working out for me. So That's how all good research is <laughs> like, done, right? It's like red velvet round two. <laughs> exactly. Well, my point was sort of made on that uh, one, no, actually. that's true. You admitted it was a, it yeah, was a kind of I chocolate did. cake. It was so. a little bit of a Wait, yeah, did we a admit truce. that? I don't know. I guess it was well, I we it admitted that, like chocolate. that it was a form of chocolate cake, just not the same. Okay, yeah. Right, okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and I admitted the that wording there is very important. It's different. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> so we have, uh, in the past month, we have reached a milestone with our podcast, which is a pretty minor one, but it's still exciting. And we have topped 1,000 plays oh, yeah. uh, wow. total over, is it six ep- episodes? This number seven, I think. Mm, yeah, our I producer's nodding. So that's kind of cool. And I thought I would give our listeners a few um, stats of where our podcast is at, not like anything super amazing, but um, just for interest's sake, 98% of our listeners are in the United States, surprise, surprise, but we have less than 1% in the following countries, Germany, the United Kingdom, Kenya, Canada, and Costa Rica. So I don't know if those were accidental hit the play buttons or if those were like somebody's actually still listening, but if you're from one of those countries, let us know. I think that would be very appropriate. You could find us um, at what is our Gmail? Answers may vary at Gmail. Answers may vary podcast at Gmail.com. Podcast. Okay. Answers may vary podcast at Gmail. And Instagram. And yeah, Instagram. And Instagram. Yeah, What's right. the Instagram handle? <laughs> Sorry. Answers may vary podcast. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Just you'll make sure you you'll hear this again at the end. Fits. Sorry. Yeah. I don't manage the Instagram. Yeah, and I also, if you, if you accidentally misspell vary and send it to the wrong Gmail, we'll still get it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if we checked that Gmail account. <laughs> So we may or may not have multiple Gmail accounts, some of which are spelled correctly. Um, Also, just a quick little fun fact. 
uh, roughly 75% of our listeners are from... Um, Sorry, I'm trying to get my... Somewhere? From somewhere. I'm trying to get my phone to not make noise because <laughs> the cellular data picks up on the mic. So um, roughly 75% of our listeners are age 0 to 27, and the rest are over age 27, obviously. Um, 6%, 28 to 34, 16%, 35 to 44, and um, a combined 8%, 45 and up. So there you go. Hmm. I don't know why you need to know that, but it's just kind of, it's things that I can see and you can't, and I thought it was kind of interesting, so. Yeah, I, I like to look at those stats from time to time. Um, so we did get uh, some questions and some feedback, some um, positive feed and negative feedback from one of our listeners, but he gave us a bunch of questions too, right? And we're mm-hmm. going to look at one of them tonight. Um, Brad, go for it. What do you have? All right. So yes, this is Open for Debate, and... Um, we are happy to have gotten some feedback, and so I'm going to to ask some of the, or one of the questions that Grant from Virginia, thanks Grant for sending in your feedback and questions, um, that question that he had, um, and he has multiple questions under this one, so I'll just read what he had here. Um, this is what he says. Or asks, most Anabaptists are employed in agriculture, construction, and of course, bulk food stores. Why is this? Do you see this changing? What kind of occupations would you like to see filled by conservative Anabaptists? So, what do you guys think? Hmm. So, my, my first question was, is that a true statement that most Anabaptists are in construction or agriculture? Or retail i guess whatever bulk food stores are i I think it's kind of the stereotype Mm -hmm. and i think it's pretty widespread but how does it actually pencil out and there aren't any i haven't researched any stats or anything so just asking what are your opinions on that is that more or less a true statement well it's gonna it's gonna depend a little bit what you how you define anabaptists or you know what Mm -hmm. segment of that population you're looking at i think he's right that that probably the majority of, if you take those categories, the majority of conservative Anabaptists probably are in one of those categories as an occupation. Um, but I think it's changing. I think that um, over the last 15, 20, 25 years, that, that has been changing more and more. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say just based on like being at Bible school and for for group um, introduction night, everyone had to say where they worked. There was definitely a healthy dose of those categories that were presented there. So I would say that was still, to me, that seems true just from, you know, observably what I've heard from people, but I also don't know that that's a a very good sample size. So I don't really know exactly um, where everyone works or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's really a good way to track that. Maybe there is, I guess we do have the alleged red book. uh, We could (laughs) whip out and go, go look through all the occupations. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and two categories that I would add to that um, that I thought of as pretty common in my circle of friends. I don't know if, if it's a good representation of Anabaptism as a whole or not, but um, teaching and mm. healthcare yeah, I are two that there too. are a number of, I mean, a decent percentage of, of Anabaptists. In, I mean, it's, it's not as big, definitely, as, as agriculture and construction, I would say, but mm-hmm. and I don't know, maybe that's a trend. I don't 
I don't know if that's something that's always been or not. Mm-hmm. I would say, well, the teaching maybe is somewhat been there all along. I'm not sure about that one. The healthcare, I think, is somewhat is is on the rise. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh-huh. so he asks, why is this? As in, why are most people in these occupations? And maybe we're disagreeing with him a little bit, but I think it's fair. I mean, I think we recognize that quite a few are in those occupations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what would you say to the to that question? Why why are most of them in those occupations? Hmm. So this morning, so I. I think that's a very good question, but I feel fairly um, unauthorized to answer it because I am so young and I haven't been observing Anabaptists for very long. <laughs> so I actually <clears throat> had the opportunity to talk um, with my former boss today. Uh, he's still part of the company, but he has been leadership has been handed on to his sons. And so he was a he was a school teacher that needed something to do during the summer and so and he had some construction background so he started building storage barns um just several in the summer and it just grew from there basically and now there's um i think uh, upwards or maybe somewhere around 50 employees uh and has multiple departments anyway it's it's become more of a more of a business than just a small uh one-man operation so I asked him what, like, how did that come to be? What got him into that? Why did he, why did he choose to start his own business rather than work at? I mentioned two of the the local plants that would. Uh, there's a meat packing plant and um, another energy plant that he could have worked at possibly or whatever. Um, and I'll try to reconstruct some what I heard from him basically. Uh, he was, so, so he was in teaching. That's what he, that's what his training was for. And prior to that, he'd done construction. And the reason I asked him about that, why, how did he get into construction? Well, he, he was there because, um, I guess it was a job that was available and there were, it was run by, it was a business run by a community man that he knew. He had, he also, uh, I guess to, (laughs) to the point, um, had been in agriculture too. He he had done some helped on a farm, and I think maybe helped with harvest a year or so. So it seemed like it seemed like he was doing doing things that were readily available to him and run maybe run by community people, and also things that he enjoyed. So he wanted to something something that he valued was working with wood. He. The, the construction company that he had worked for was tending to go towards masonry, and he preferred working with wood, so that's why he chose um, building storage barns. So, and another, another okay, so another big contributing factor was just the flexibility mm-hmm. of having his own business. Uh, for it was somewhere in that time frame, I don't remember when exactly, but somewhere in there he was ordained in the ministry actually, and he never wanted work to get in the way of. Um, I guess what he was called to do otherwise. So I think that that, that last point is honestly one of my, my biggest, the, one of the biggest reasons I would give is be, just flexibility. Mm. There are, so can I use you as an example, Brandon? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. I didn't ask your permission prior to this. So, so for instance, Brandon here uh, is a banker, works as a bank teller and, um, 
in some other areas and you get two weeks of paid vacation a year, right? Uh, yeah. It, yes. Technically that's it's, the standard. And yeah. it's pretty, but it's pretty stringent that you stay within those boundaries, correct? Or you don't have a lot of wiggle room on the vacation end of things. Yeah, that's fairly accurate. Mm-hmm. So for me, I have, I, f- I don't remember how much vacation I get a year. It's probably between two and three weeks. And, but I'm allowed to take time off above that. I just don't get paid for it. Uh, and I remember in talking with, with my employer a, a number of years ago when I was wanting to take a substantial amount of time off during the, throughout the year, um, he would let me take off up to like six or seven weeks without being considered part-time help. Hmm. Um, and, and especially, I mean, especially if it was stuff, it was ministry related mm-hmm. things and, and a lot of it was, or yeah, had, had some connection to that at least. And they've been very, my, my business has been very lenient with people going to Bible school, some of that kind of stuff. So I think that's a major reason Anabaptists kind of tend to flock together in the business world and stay in some of the same trades is just the flexibility and the and the shared values aspect of it, mm-hmm. um, which which the business you work for, Brandon, still, I mean, they let you go to Bible school for a number of weeks, too. And like, it's not like there are, aren't mm-hmm. good things about that, too, but I think that has been a drawing factor to Anabaptists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Brandon, do you have... An answer, or maybe maybe you think the same way. I don't know. Um, not really. I mean, I'm trying to think as far as why. I think you're probably right. Like, I think Anabaptists tend to be very community based, and so I think it's kind of the the network. Like, why would you go out and apply for a job you don't know if you'll get? If you can go apply for a job you know you'll get. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh-huh. not that I don't know. Not that you got to be worried about getting a job these days, but more just kind of like when I started working for um, a storage barn uh, company during my high school summers then it was just kind of an easy place to get in mm-hmm. like it's, mm-hmm. i knew the people that worked there knew i could get a job knew it'd pay pretty well and be a like safe work environment whatever so mm-hmm. i wonder if it's just kind of that you're not very likely to go out and you know so have some mennonite person just starting a hospital or whatever i don't i don't know exactly why that is because i think mennonites can be like mm-hmm. savvy business people mm-hmm. but i'm just mm-hmm. you don't observe a lot of big corporations run by mennonites in general mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if part of that might be just be because uh, Anabaptists content because there's because they value a high work ethic so much, and are and are good at money management and some of those kinds of things. They tend to be more entrepreneurial, I think, than some yeah, than be. some classes of people. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. if that's a fair judgment or not, but at least there are a number of people in our community that have started their own mm-hmm. their own thing. I mean, like my boss years ago mm-hmm. would have and even yeah I, I think that that might be a tendency to just branch off and start something of your own rather than build it into a, a big corporation mm-hmm. yeah that's probably true <laughs> i think that there uh, you guys hit on some of the reasons that i was thinking of that that anabaptists tend to kind of go to these certain professions one of them that you didn't mention is we tend to be rural people mm-hmm. and these occupations are more that way. Now, the bulk food stores uh-huh. are going to have to have uh-huh. some population, but often they're in small towns that can be easily accessible right. from, from right. rural areas. Um, so I think that's one of the things. Um, I think it is, Brandon mentioned a safe place to work. I think I think we do tend to look for that type of right. thing. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that a lot of other jobs aren't safe, 
But I think it's kind of this, we know what's what's going on in, in these mm-hmm. locally run businesses. And when mm-hmm. you say a safe place to work, you're referring to a clean environment, yeah. not job safety, right, not yes. OSHA. You're talking about clean language, clean um, habits. and Yeah, similar values. Yeah, um, I got you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, which I think is actually, I mean, I understand that part, but at the same time, I think that can be, that can be a positive and a negative because mm-hmm. I think sometimes you almost are forced to realize a little bit more what your standards are if you are um, working with people who don't necessarily grow up the same way you do. You kind of realize some of the value in the things that you've learned. And I mean, and then there's also the potential to lose some of those values too. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think that can be um, sometimes you're actually more strengthened in your beliefs by, by having like outside influence that you kind of have to learn how to deal with, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about it too, for better or for worse, we might as well look in the face that we as Anabaptists are very traditional people. We value tradition a lot. And part mm-hmm. of the way we keep tradition is by banding together and, mm-hmm. and valuing community. And I think that's a strength. I think it also comes with a weakness too, like you were talking about Brandon. Um, but we might as well be honest and yeah. upfront about that, that it is partly just we tend to do the same things and be, just just because of tradition, I think. And and like you said, being rural people longer ago, you would have needed to have some construction mm-hmm. expertise or some agricultural experience or that kind of thing just to kind of live a rural lifestyle. Maybe, I mean, I mean you still do, I would say, but I think... I'm just thinking if Anabaptists under persecution would have quite a bit of uh, reason to try to be kind of peaceable, self-sustaining people, mm-hmm. and some of those trades fit right in there. Yeah, yeah, I think you you've nailed it there, and I I definitely agree with what you said about you know we we kind of have had a way of doing things, mm-hmm. and I think there's and it's worked well for the most part, and I think there's good things about going on with that, but I think there's mm-hmm. some potential for weaknesses or we might miss some things um, and we might I think we might be missing out on opportunities to interact with people mm-hmm. and and actually reach them um, because we kind of get stuck in this rut and so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's there's positives and negatives right yeah. yeah see that's part of my thing too like we love the idea of doing mission work or interacting with unbelievers until it actually comes down <laughs> to the fact that we work in almost I mean okay not entirely but some people work in very much just Mennonite culture jobs, mm-hmm. going to their Mennonite culture evening activities with their Mennonite culture church. And then mm-hmm. like and then they live, you know, outside of town in a rural Mennonite mm-hmm. culture community. And mm-hmm. there's not necessarily something wrong with that, but I'm like, okay, it's it sounds great to go interact with um, people that don't think the same as you until it actually comes down to doing mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. then sometimes I think we miss it a little bit. Now I'm not necessarily just advocating, you know, trying to immerse yourself in something outside of Mennonite culture as much as possible. Um, but I do think sometimes with how tight, like, Mennonite communities can be, or at least if you have a good support base, that can be, like, a great springboard to support you in doing other things. Like, mm-hmm. I felt really well um, supported in, like, especially by my family and friends in church. Mm-hmm. Um in doing a job that's a little different mm-hmm. and having like, I wouldn't want to just go do that if I didn't have mm. a community around me. Right. Um, yeah. Kind of reaffirming what I believe or um, things that are important to me. Right. And so, I mean, there's, there's like a danger there if you don't have a good support system around you, but I think can be really valuable as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think that's I think that's spot on. And I I really respect you a lot for for going and doing that. I mean, that's something I haven't ever done. So I think that's really cool if you are willing and able to branch out a bit. Well, and it's not for everyone either. I mean, I'm not saying that um, just everyone should do it, but I think there are some things. Uh, Brad mentioned healthcare is maybe a bit of an up and coming um, work category for minutes. I think there are a lot of the values that we have, um, just things like honesty and integrity um, and, you know, clean language, that kind of thing. They can really lend themselves well to like the workplace. Like people mm-hmm. want workers that are willing to work hard and um, show up every day and that kind of thing. And so I think it can be, um, it can be, a, we can use some of those strengths to our advantage mm-hmm. if we're mm-hmm. willing to. That's right. Yeah. So Derek, you've been pretty quiet over there. Uh, how did you get into farming or is there anything that's going through your mind you want to share with us? Yeah. Um, well, I was thinking about it a little bit and I'm a, a little bit, I'm a little bit, um, I don't feel like there's a lot of my friends that are in the same industry as I am. Maybe that's different in different uh, places, but it was something I kind of, I kind of fell into it almost. I mean, I grew up around it and I always loved watching tractors drive up and down the road. And I found a job and, and I've kind of been there ever since. So that's kind of my story. Yeah, and to your point, it's uh, agriculture was on that list, and I think I agree that there probably are still a lot of Anabaptists involved in agriculture. But when I actually think of, um, well, Brad's job is kind of dairy supply is kind of agriculture adjacent, but um, like I think of Derek as having kind of a different kind of job mm-hmm. more as a farmer because I don't really actually know that many people that do that. I think mm-hmm. when I think of the stereotypical Mennonite job, um, things like bulk food stores mm-hmm. and construction jobs are way more at the forefront than farming for me, but that might mm-hmm. vary based on community as well. I think it does vary. Yeah. And Derek, what you were saying reminded me, or maybe think of another reason we maybe gravitate towards some of these jobs. And that is just the, well, you mentioned being around it and, and enjoying it. I think that's a big piece, but even more than that, family is a big deal to us. And if you're, if your dad has his own business and, you know, would gladly hand it off to you at some point. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's some incentive to, to plug in and, and learn the trade. Um, and if you have a, having, Anabaptism is not perfect, but in general, we have better families than, than some groups of people do. And having that uh, kind of relationship is a good, uh, working alongside your family mm-hmm. fosters an enjoyment of the same kind of work, I guess. Or can, at least. Yeah. So, Grant, um, we kind of answered the, do you see this changing? Um, At least I I think we did. That I think we do somewhat Mm -hmm. see it changing, um, at least in in our community. But I'm curious if you have more observations about that. I wonder, I was thinking about that a little bit, like why would it be changing? And I think education might have a role to play in that. Mm -hmm. I don't know for sure, but... um, I think probably there are more conservative Anabaptists doing high school slash college to some level. And I think that does make a difference because typically you're not as likely to go get a college degree for a, something like construction that you can already do. Um, usually those 
um, if you're investing a lot in education, then you're probably going for something that requires that education. Not necessarily, but could be. And so I wonder if that's part of the shift that we're seeing. But mm-hmm. I don't know. That's more just kind of an- would, anecdotal. Yeah. I, kinda, I feel like there's more people going to college than that I actually have evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's, I think that that factors into it quite a bit, actually. So, do you have anything on that, Kristen? No, I I would agree with you there. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know why it, I would I would say it is changing somewhat, or at least just just the vibe I would get is that it's changing without really having much to back it up. And I think it has some to do with with education. Um, I think it also maybe has some to do with um, I don't know what the right word is. I'm not sure if technology is the right word or not, but but technology and travel maybe mm-hmm. being able to get out and experience new things uh-huh. and and get experience new things through your device, I think has broadened the worldview or at least the options of some mm-hmm. Anabaptists in a way that um, wasn't really possible before, at least not as accessible. Mm-hmm. And I think that has people doing some different things. Yeah. Well, I mean, for example. Kristen and I's sister is a photographer, so something like that. Um, right. She travels, like, all the time. So if travel wasn't a widespread thing mm-hmm. or she didn't have a large Instagram following or things like that, right. um, probably wouldn't be nearly as likely if to If she had to drive there with horse and buggy, it probably <laughs> wouldn't <Yeah. laughs> limit her yeah. options. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yep, that makes sense to me. So the last question that Grant asked here was, what kind of occupations would you like to see filled by conservative Anabaptists? So... Fire away. What do you guys think? Mm. You stepped right into my pun because you said fire away. <laughs> Why don't we have more Mennonite firefighters? Like maybe we do. Like huh. maybe like volunteer ones, but I don't know of a lot of actually like full time firefighters because it seems like it kind of goes along with healthcare. Like if you're doing mm. healthcare, why wouldn't you be doing? I don't that? know like, if this police is police officer. I get it, but uh-huh. firefighters is kind of. Like, huh. I don't know if this is a reason or not, but don't they have twenty four hour shifts? And that would kind of war against family life depending that's that's possible i don't, I don't know if that's <clears throat> true or i think not, that but. factors in i actually know a fellow i hope i'm representing this correctly um in this community that was a firefighter and i believe he chose to step away partly because of just the work environment oh, and no, i don't know no. what all why all that was i'm not saying all fire departments are bad or something like that mm-hmm. but uh-huh. that was a factor okay and yeah that that would make sense, and maybe kind of to counter your point a little bit, Brandon, we have quite a few volunteer firefighters yeah, in our mm-hmm. in our circle of friends, which I guess that's not a job as such, but they still provide mm-hmm. a service that mm-hmm. is valuable. I guess if you're actually like staying out of station, that's a little different than mm-hmm. most jobs. It's, it's mm-hmm. almost more of a, I don't know, <laughs> life, I guess, than just mm-hmm. a career. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Kristen, do you have anything? Well, no, and I kind of wish I did. <laughs> I... I mean, I'll, I'll think of something, but I sure. think maybe come back to me. Maybe okay. ask Derek and see. Yeah. Derek, what do you have for us? Do you have anything you'd like to see more conservative Anabaptists get involved with their occupations? Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I'm really struggling. Kind of like Kristen. Like, I think, man, I don't know if I have anything specific, but... I think, like, uh, 
we were talking about earlier, some of the reasons we don't get into some of these businesses is because, or some of these uh, careers or jobs or whatever you want to call them, is because it takes away from our family life. And even in my line of work, sometimes I, I'm away from uh, my family enough that I wish I could be with them more. And so that's something to think about, at least when you are getting into, into you know, of age where you're working or, or thinking about changing your career is something that um, is conducive to family life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, since you guys are having trouble coming up with any, I'm going to go with finance because that's what I like doing, and I would love to see more more Mennonites in that business. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's actually very conducive in general to being a good workplace for conservative Anabaptists. I mean, I'm not across the board, but it's much more of a professional workplace environment. So you probably don't run into um, quite as much the same like dress code issues or whatever. Like you're expected to show up and be clean and well dressed and not using vulgar language or anything mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I I really enjoy it, and I know it's not something that's for mm-hmm. everyone. But I think it'd be cool if I'm in some ways being in it. I kind of wonder, wait, why aren't more people doing this? Like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that there mm-hmm. aren't more um, Mennonite bankers at this point. Or maybe there are, and I just don't know about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I did think of several, okay. uh, and I'm kind of shooting from the hip here. But actually, one one I did think of earlier today that kind of came back to me is I, I respect people like you, Brandon, who are in the customer service industry on some level. I mean, I guess that's not exactly what you do, but sort of. Yeah, it, I mean, it is. It'd be classified as a customer service job. And I think those jobs are, th- those jobs can at least not be as big money makers sometimes, or mm-hmm. at least the mm-hmm. the wait- waiter, waitress jobs mm-hmm. um, might not bring in the cash quite as quickly. But I think is, they're jobs that you would interact with a lot of people mm-hmm. and could minister to a lot of people, honestly. And, mm-hmm. and I think it'd be something that that uh, Anabaptists could be really good at. And maybe maybe the whole payment thing is something you'd have to, I mean, something you'd have to figure out or, or work with. But I think it, there's something to be said for doing a job that maybe won't bring in the most money ever, but is still mm-hmm. um, a way of reaching out to people. So, and that's coming from a person who hasn't done that. I've, yeah. I mean, I've, a poor example of that, but I think that's awesome when people do that. That I think that's a good example of if if that's why people are doing it of them sacrificing to to serve people mm-hmm. even even if it's their job. And we can I think we can all do that in ways in our jobs. Uh-huh. But I actually find that I can I I can do that somewhat in my job in my interactions with customers, mm-hmm. um, especially um, it's I don't interact with a lot of different people, but I interact with some of the same people over and over. And my dad Mm -hmm. did the same job and he, he ran a very similar supply route. And I remember going with him on these routes and just, there were certain people that he would spend a lot of time talking with. And I remember Mm -hmm. getting really tired of it and Uh waiting on him and thinking what, you know, how is this productive? Right. And looking back on it, I said, that was, that was a way he ministered to people. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's not always, super possible to do that in our jobs, but looking for ways mm-hmm. to do that. And I think contact with people is 
somewhat necessary to do that. Not uh-huh. saying everyone has to mm-hmm. have those jobs, but gotcha. it can help with that. So, and, and there can be different ways of uh-huh. contacting people too, because sometimes, um, you know, co- even if you don't have a customer facing job, coworkers can be a pretty big opportunity to, mm-hmm. um, to be, make a change in someone's life as well. Mm-hmm. That's I know, right. Chris, I know that you've done a good job of taking some of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I, I, tr- yeah, I would like to, mm-hmm. Two two other um, categories that came to mind are, well, the first one is tech. I think Mm. it would be great to get some Anabaptists, and some are, but get some Anabaptists into tech because I think, um, I think that's going to be important for how we chart the course of Anabaptism, honestly. Mm -hmm. And that's not original with me. I I think well, I think it was Gideon Yutzi that that said our generation will be remembered for what we did with the internet. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's true. And I think it would be good for, for some of our people to learn about the ins and outs of, of those things and be able to inform the rest of us and maybe be able to create products and, and apps and that kind of thing that benefit mm-hmm. uh, our way of life and, and, and more importantly, biblical values. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's one. And the second one is the arts. And I'm a little bit... Um, I have a double view of this because mm-hmm. I think there's a there's some I don't know what it is stigma or something surrounding the arts and it's scary okay so it scares me to think of having the arts as my job because it looks like a lot of investment for not very mm-hmm. um, sure return mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. but I think it is something it's not something the Anabaptists Anabapt- the have been exceptionally good at, except for singing mm-hmm. is a big... I mean, there are, I, sh- I should take that back. There are Anabaptists who are excellent at other kinds of art. Historically, I think singing is the one where we've had the most practice. Mm-hmm. And I think it is good if we share that with others, and maybe even as a profession. I don't think it has to be that, and but I think... If that's something that is part of our heritage and it ministers to others, mm-hmm. and it's something we have to give, why not? So, anyway, yeah, that, that's interesting. I guess I never said what some of mine are, and I don't even know how to feel about some of mine. Maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't share them. But, no, I would love um, to hear yours. <laughs> the ones that came to my mind were um, ones that I kind of know why we aren't more involved in, mm. and and those were social work or. Um, teaching in public schools or coaching mm. and that type of thing. And uh-huh. I, some of those things come with, with so many strings attached that it's almost hard to know how to do it well. Um, I had a couple of cousins, and this was longer ago that, so that the situations have changed, but that did get an education for teaching and taught in public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there, there would be opportunities there, but I also realize that you're kind of within a system, and so it may limit... The, your ministry opportunities, or almost depending, it might might go against your convictions, possibly. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. there's and and even in social work, I don't know how that all, all looks, but I think you you are kind of within a system, and so it's a little bit hard to to know how you know how do you operate within that. So, mm-hmm. what did you have any more? Or I have that? one question that's just my question that okay. I want to ask you guys because I keep hearing or I haven't heard it as much recently, but there was one stage in my life where I kept hearing people say, you know, you should love your job, you should do what you're passionate about, and that is 
super important. Um, so my question to you all is, if you don't love your job, should you look for another another job that you do love? Hmm. I'll let Kristen go first on this one. No, I was looking at you, actually. Okay, fine. Unless you want me, go ahead. No. Um, we could make Derek go first. He can be I, a scapegoat. <laughs> yeah, we could. Um, I think that's not really, I don't know. Maybe it, it's not a bad question, but it's kind of an impossible question on some front because I think it depends how much you dislike your job and maybe mm. why you dislike your job and what job you're currently in. Um, I think I think there's kind of a bit of a view. Well, I don't know. I've, I've heard a lot about people that just kind of like jump from job to job, and I think there can be um, – things that aren't very stable about that or it mm-hmm. isn't very productive because you can never really climb the ladder and get good at any one thing. Um, but I think sometimes conservative Anabaptists can go the flip side of that mm-hmm. where you just kind of expect mm-hmm. to do one thing for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see people kind of pursue what they actually – I think it is important to pursue what you enjoy doing because, I mean, why in the world would you be stuck doing something you don't enjoy for the rest of your life if you could actually give a shot at something you do enjoy? And so I think – you're saying, should you leave that job and try another one? I think it's kind of important to figure out as much as possible how you would actually, if it is actually a better opportunity, trying something different before you just quit your job and just go try something else. Um, Because then you can kind of start job hopping a lot. But Mm -hmm. I guess that's, I would maybe say it's somewhere, kind of a balanced view is what we'd be looking for. That's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would back that. I would back that, but then I would push back on some of it too. (laughs) So... (laughs) The, as far as the job hopping thing, I think you're right that I don't think that's great if that's the norm, but I think there are some people who simply get bored or restless at one thing, and mm-hmm. we should give them grace to just, like, to, if they're good, solid workers that can be good contributors at various places, why not let them kind of move around? So, yeah. Um, but I think you allowed for that too. Um, I. I think so. I think it kind of comes back to what I think what you said is was good, Brandon, about it being maybe why you're quitting your job. Because I think you should, I think you should do what you're passionate about, but I think you should also be passionate about what you do. Mm-hmm. And I think there, I think God made people with certain natural abilities and certain desires that they just. Mm-hmm they enjoy certain things more. And I think it's good to, t- to tune into that and to do something that you can both give of your natural abilities and, and benefit others in that way. But I also think it's a little flawed to say you should just find something you love mm-hmm. because any job comes with drawbacks and thorns in the flesh mm-hmm. and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's more important to be faithful where you're at and to learn to enjoy what you do. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense that. to me. Derek, do you have anything on this one? Did we lose him? Are you still with us, Derek? Sorry, yeah, I'm still here. Uh, I was uh, busy doing something there. Um, but uh, I might have a little bit of an unpopular opinion uh, compared to some people. I think you should learn to love, learn to love what you do, but... I say that, I mean, I say that carefully because I realize that you have to find something you're passionate about as well. 
I think there's a balance, I guess. But I think I think about my experience. Like Monday is kind of my favorite day of the week. I mean, I'm glad for a break on Sundays, but um, and uh, I I think that um, was that the Grain Elevator Man or something. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I was awesome. getting my getting my ticket. Um, Glad we got him for the, there for what I got. Um, but yeah, Monday is one of my favorite days of the week, and I I look forward to going to work. But I think it's partly because I'm I don't want to say I've gotten it gotten it right necessarily, but I've learned to love what I do. Not not that I just love every minute of it. If that makes uh huh. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Huh. Yeah, I, I like I like what you said there. Um, and there is there's a balance. I might just briefly give my experience. Um, I've had several different jobs, mostly because I I moved. Um, the job I currently have, um, I figured out fairly quickly that I wasn't that passionate about. Um, but and I'm I'm not throwing my boss under the bus here or anything like that. But um, I did feel almost stuck because of the situation that I they, they needed my help. Um, oh, uh-huh. And so I stayed. And I think I've gotten more passionate about it. Um, it kind of goes along with the um, the idea of, of loving what you do. Um, I think there is something to that rather than just saying, well, I don't really like this. I'm going to go find something else. Um, I, think, I think there is something to the idea of, of pouring yourself into the situation you're at and, mm-hmm. and, and developing, developing that. Um, I still would probably, I mean, if it was strictly up to me, I'd probably do something else, but in my situation, it's, I'm, I'm okay with where I'm at. And actually mm-hmm. my job does afford me a lot of what I'll call, call margin. And it goes back to what Kristen, your boss said, or your former boss, I guess, said about, um, having flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as a pastor, there's plenty of other things that fill my time, and as guess as a dad as well. Um, and so this job has given me a lot of flexibility, uh-huh. um, and my boss is very nice to work with as far as getting off, and if I need to come in late or whatever it is, he's, he's very flexible. And mm-hmm. so I do know that um, it has blessed me in many ways, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm pretty okay with where I'm at, um, even if it's not maybe one of my passions. Mm-hmm. And I do see ministry opportunity in the work I have as well. So, mm-hmm. something an interesting statistic that I've heard on this is that a worker only has to love about twenty percent, or only has to really enjoy about twenty percent of their job for them to stay. Okay. So that's kind of interesting because you think of twenty percent, mm-hmm. maybe that sounds like a lot, but that's really not that much of your time spent doing it. And so, um, I think there's ways that you can like, I would think of Derek as someone who loves his job. Like it seems like, wow, to really put in those kinds of hours, mm-hmm. you would have to enjoy what you do. And so I think, um, even if you don't enjoy all of it, it is important to have somewhat of a foundation of not just hating it for you to, for it to be mm-hmm. helpable or not to just suck the joy out of your life, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense to mm-hmm. me. All right. Anyone else have, or any of you have anything you want to talk about? I don't know, Derek, if you have any, uh, last words you want to throw in here on occupations? I could add a little bit to like how I said you should learn to love your job. I don't really have a good answer as to, as to how to learn to love your job. But I think it's something we all need to 
I guess we have to wrestle with it and and figure it out to some degree. But yeah, I wish I had a better a better answer answer to that. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's it's hard. It's a hard one because if you don't love something, I mean, there's something to the fact that you can can learn to love things, but it's hard to just drum that up. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's know, a good question. I think we're out of time to answer it, but yeah. yep. catch us next time, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been interesting to hear you you all talk about occupations and things you've learned over the years in your occupations um and again thank you to to grant for sending in the question we Mm -hmm. sure appreciate that welcome to the kind of spicy segment of the podcast this is the segment where we all bring something that's kind of spicy something interesting or upbuilding Something we wanted to share with the rest of the group. So today, we have a special treat for you. We have a special guest. That's right. He's a McDonald's connoisseur. He's a football fanatic and expert. He's 5 foot 11 inches, 170 pounds. He's our producer, our cousin. He's the one, the only, Landon Miller. Please welcome Landon to the studio today, folks. Woohoo! That's right. right. So we finally got our producer in front of a mic. How's it feel, Land? It it feels good. Okay. Yeah. I think you had, some, you had some practice yeah, elsewhere first, time. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I started up a little podcast with a friend. So I do have practice. Is it time for yeah. a hashtag shameless plug? Yeah. Give it it might I think be. you should. I think you should go for that. Um, yeah. Avocado Toast Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Um, yeah. Our, our Instagram is Avocado Toast Podcast. So go... Go check that out. Um, it's been great sitting here and listening to these guys talk for around six or so episodes, and it's fun to hop in on this one. But you so. just couldn't take yeah. it anymore. I, I couldn't. <laughs> I, I had to kick Derek out. <laughs> We're so I gave Derek the boot. For this <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So the whole call situation with Derek was less than de- desirable, and he was kind of ready to be done. We were thinking it might just go better to do the rest of the podcast live. So Derek he, is not be... with us anymore. He's not called into the studio at this moment. Um, so Lannon is, uh, has consented to join us. So we will gladly welcome back Derek's spicy hot takes on next podcast. That's true. We'll be happy to have Jake breaks in the background. So that'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, the grain elevator attendants giving him tickets. That was pretty great. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so, uh, let's see for, were you going to go first, Brandon? Sure, I'll go first. And yeah, go for it. Just take it away. Okay. So this might be one of my more unprepared kind of spices, but that's. Part of the beauty of it. You kind of say so, that every time, too. Oh, that's right. So, <laughs> that was that's getting worse? No, what? okay. So I just saw this news story, uh, let's see, yesterday morning. And I wasn't even really thinking about what I was going to do for this, but I was like, okay, that's instantly my kind of spicy because it just really blessed me. And it, it brought up an interesting question in my mind. But um, so there's this guy. Okay, if, if I say like Turkish news stories, does this ring a bell with anyone? Has anyone heard this or no? No, I don't really keep I, I just think of, of like, inhumane things being done to reporters but go ahead oh <laughs> so, this is getting <laughs> well there's I'm also that i'm not sure you, if that happened in what turkey do you mean yeah i think it is. i'm not sure okay yeah go ahead. but okay so there's this guy i think it's like 50 or so and i don't remember his name and i'm not going to try to pronounce it because it was too awful to try to pronounce but he was hanging out with his friends and then had a couple drinks of course and he disappeared so mm. this guy's lost and mm. so his wife was getting worried after a couple hours you know sometime in the middle of the night 
she um, reported him as missing. So everyone mm-hmm. starts looking for him. Uh, the friend said that they had lost him sometime when they were walking through the woods, or he was last seen in a woods somewhere. So oh, they're like coming okay. to this woods trying to find it, uh, trying to find him. And sometime around daybreak, <laughs> somewhere thereabouts, then some more people kind of start joining the the search party and stuff, and they keep looking for, I think, a couple more hours. So it's sometime later on in the morning. And um, then there's this one guy that all of a sudden realizes who they're looking for and realizes that it's him. <laughs> And he had joined the search party <laughs> sometime oh. sometime early morning hours and was looking for himself for a couple hours. Oh, my. And then finally he caught on that someone was yelling his name <laughs> in the search party. Wait, so, so, so he was still drunk when he joined the search party or what? I, it, well, and how drunk was the search party? Things yeah, are not I, very clear. I have no idea. They didn't recognize him. Well, okay, at first when he told them that, he was like, I'm here. Like, the, uh, that's me. And they didn't believe him until it took about half an hour until one of his friends what? finally showed up to verify that, yeah, that's him. Oh, my. And so, to, so that's just kind of a funny story. But it, it led me to another another thought. The The thing is that he's probably going to get fined for it. What? Um, and I'm for reasons that aren't exactly clear, but obviously people aren't too kind of the idea of walking through the woods for hours and hours looking for someone who's not really lost. Mm. And in his mind, it's not his fault because his wife shouldn't have or his friends shouldn't have freaked out or whatever. You know, he's he wasn't ever missing type of situation. Well, mm. if you just if you go missing for a couple hours, you can probably assume that people are going to start looking for you, especially if you were stone cold drunk at that point. But I, th- I thought it was an interesting idea to bring up what what do you think would be some good ideas for creative punishment for this guy or just in general? Because our justice system is sometimes a little too um, lackluster in the humor department. What are some funny things you can make this guy or other other more humorous misdemeanors? What could be some fun ideas for um, retribution for that? Does anyone have any mm. anyone great ideas right off the bat? Hmm. I mean, I don't. I think a start can make. I think you could just. I think you could just take like the number of people in the search party. And figure out how many, like how many hours they were walking, and approximate like how far each person had walked. Oh dear! And then add it all together and say, "Bruh, you got to go out in the woods and you've got to go walk for you know three hundred miles or whatever it was." You don't <laughs> have to do it really all. Go missing. You don't have to do it all at once. <laughs> you have to get lost. But you, yeah. <laughs> you have, to, go, have to go actually, be lost. You have to get go lost. missing. <laughs> no, no, more just like you can take people with you, but like this is your sentence. You got to put in like miles. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Hey, that's creative. I think you could make him eat like a whole bag of Takis with no water. Because we were talking about Takis during the break. <laughs> oh, and that would be absolutely oh, awful. <laughs> Frankly, I'd take the fine at that point. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I'm kind of blank on ideas. I thought maybe more he could just like <clears throat> throw a party for all the people that look for him and or try that, to you yeah. know, mm-hmm. make them feel better about the time they spent. But Right. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. That, actually, I kind of like that idea because then it also rewards the people who did all the hard work mm-hmm. looking for him. But, yeah, it just kind of baffled me that you could actually join – like, you're just randomly join a search yeah. party and don't know who you're looking for. Um, and in researching that one, I also stumbled across a case in um, in Iceland in 2012 where a woman went missing. And she joined a search party because she didn't recognize her own description as the person who was missing. Like, that's even next oh, level. Boy. Awful. I mean, talk you, about identity crisis. Yeah. <laughs> but, I know, right? Okay, seriously, though. Would you recognize your own description? I hope so. I mean, like, it would at least make you stop and think. It's like that, you know, when you're in, like, a public place and they're, like, the gray Ford with the license plate X39, whatever, the the alarm's going off. You know, I always kind of listen to that to be like, oh, is that I always tense up a little bit if they say my color 
like like mm. my car color. Yeah. <laughs> so oh wait, you know, do I know what kind of car I own? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the license plate is? That's right. <laughs> but I'm just saying that all that's to say, how would you not at least think about it that it's a similar description to who you are, unless someone's doing a really awful job describing you? That's also possible. That is fair. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all I got. I just thought it was kind of funny. Okay, well, Brad, what do you have? All right, so uh, first of all, I have a question for you, Kristen. In your introduction of this segment, you mentioned something about being upbuilding. Is that a requirement, or you know, are we? Because I'm not sure mine's very upbuilding. But <laughs> if you can't think of something interesting, you can be in- inspirational. Inspirational. I don't think I don't think it's a requirement. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll see what you guys think of this. How many of you have heard of Edward Kill? I'm not sure how to say his last name. It's spelled K H I L. Anybody? I okay, none don't of you. Know. All right. Well, I'd like to introduce you to him. Um, hang on a second here, folks. Buffer, 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 <laughs> buffer. <laughs> Seems like a chill, bro. <laughs> Those lyrics are inspirational. <laughs> they are very exactly. Building <laughs> sounds like Aretha Franklin's better half. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. So, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, so I uh, stumbled across this song <laughs> as you, as um, you were listening to the song. <laughs> oh, that's what we were listening to. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it randomly stumbled across, and I was like, "What was like?" I heard a clip. I was like, "What was that?" So uh-huh. I dug into it, and I found out that this guy, this he's a a Russian. He was from the Soviet Union. This was back in the 60s and 70s and 80s that he was a singer. Okay. And so this this song that you just heard part of um, did not does not have actual lyrics that, that he sings. I guess it does have lyrics somewhere, but they were not ever recorded and produced. Um, and there's, there's two... The story behind that is... That there's two reports, and I'm not sure which one's accurate, but I'll give both of them. One of them is that the the lyrics were actually somewhat Western, and the the I'm not sure if they actually shut him down. Like, mm-hmm. like I say Western, as in like Western versus Eastern, yeah, like as in as in world, like, <laughs> like not, not communist. Yes, not communist mm-hmm. enough, or yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know that they actually got shut down, but they assumed that they would not be allowed to to do that do the lyrics. So they just went ahead and did non-word lyrics, if you will. Um, and the other, the other story was that maybe there was a bit of a dispute between this man and the man that wrote the lyrics. And the guy that wrote the lyrics said, well, you don't have a song without the lyrics, essentially. And he said, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Watch. So I'm not sure what the actual story is, but either one of them is kind of cool, that actually. That is a cool story. Um, He's very so, resourceful. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, um, I was really blessed by how this man could sing an entire song with just noises. In 2010, uh, no, 2009, I believe it was, someone posted this song online, and it became a thing. I don't know if you've ever, ever heard of Trololo. Um, that's that's mm-hmm. this song actually, um, oh. and it became somewhat of a meme. Um, it was yeah. Anyway, so he actually became somewhat famous through this at that point in his life, which he was like in his seventies already. So is he really? still alive? No, he died in twenty twelve. So he didn't have very oh, okay. very long in the limelight then. But oh, but he uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting story, um, and he actually kind of embraced the the second. <laughs> 
iteration of his <laughs> his fame, I guess, and and just got it, kind of went with it and enjoyed it. So um, I was I was really that's, fascinated that's, by very fascinating by this man um, who yeah had a second career here. Was it wow. was it popular like in its first? I think it iteration? was a I mean somewhat at least yeah it was it was kind of a deal. So which. Is a little bit shocking to me. Like, how how does this work? Right. Um, well, I mean, but... I guess if you're tired of getting communism pumped into your head, then <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's anything's <really> better. <laughs> better than nothing. I don't know. You pump nothing into their heads. That's how you <laughs> counter that. Oh my! Honestly, I kind of want to know what's. I'm gonna want you to send me the link because that could be kind of de-stressing someday. Yeah, it's it's fun to just go ahead and listen to that occasionally. Just be like, oh yeah, this is out there, and uh, I can listen to this, and yeah. this is fun. I'd like to just have you listen to it a little bit more because yeah. part of the song is pretty it. interesting. So here we go. No one needs that. Hey, he's got a good voice. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to keep going. There's a good part coming up here. That's basically what I hear coming from the shower every time one of my brothers (laughs) sings. Minus the nice orchestra. It's just... (laughs) I couldn't believe it. it, You threw the laughing in there yet. I mean, it's just like, what are we doing here, people? Yeah. Anyway. As I listen to it, it has like a really nice instrumental, actually. It does. It is a well-produced song. It's very nice. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and his... Even the way he uses his voice, it's very... (laughs) It's very... like It's non-typical, but it's... It's still... You can tell he's a good singer. Yes, he's an excellent singer. He can control his voice well. Yep. like his range is good and stuff too, so it's not like complete garbage, but it's very <laughs> fascinating. Anyway, I'm sorry for all of you out there now that um, may have that stuck in your head, yes, and it's very starting. Yeah, but I did. Edward, it, so. what kill? Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, K H I L. Awesome. Okay. Interesting. So I think it's my turn. Uh, no, it's not my turn. It's Landon's <laughs> turn. I'm sorry. I almost forgot about you, Landon. That's fine. My bad. So. I didn't. I just kind of hopped on pretty rapidly. I didn't really have time to think about a like a an internet piece or a story that I read online. But I do have a story. Um, I don't know where it came from, but it just came to me in this moment, so I felt like I needed to to share it. <laughs> it happened so maybe like hmm, December ish. I'm not exactly sure. So a little while ago, I was working on my car that. I had just, well, my dad had bought. It was a, a like a, a 1985 or 86 Crown Vic. And I was putting some undergo on it underneath my vehicle. And as I did it, my father went to get a extension cord. We were in our shop working. And he had bought a an end, like a new end for the cord because I think it was, either there was like a, it wasn't working properly. I'm, I don't even know exactly why he needed a new end, but he did. And he acted like he, <laughs> like he knew like uh, what, what he was doing. And I, I think, <laughs> I think he did. And this, this is a story more about my dad than me. But, um, so I'm sitting there working underneath 
And I, I look out, and he goes, he goes, watch this. <laughs> I love this. So, <laughs> whining so we're no parents harmed in the making of this story. Uh, thankfully. So he, to, in, in order to, to get this new end on, you have to make a cut in the extension cord. And this is a pretty beefy extension cord. And so he gets this, he gets a big... You're Clippers. making a motion that they can't. As soon as you have a mic, you have to cutters. describe a big, it. A big, a big, it's like a loppers. Yeah, a big wire cutter, I guess. I got you. Okay. I'm not exactly sure how you would say it. Landon starts flopping his hands around like a big. I'm not. I don't know. Just a big scissors, I guess. Yeah. I will go with. And so, it all happened very fast, and yet the very at the very <laughs> climax, I was. It. Well, I went very slowly as I looked out from the under my car. I see my father, with a big wire cutter in his hand and kind of a <laughs> smile, just clamp <laughs> and extension cord oh. and it sparks just fly <laughs> oh, everywhere no. it just poofs very loudly oh my and yeah he had forgot to unplug it <laughs> and <laughs> it it surprised me and him thankfully uh the cutters had like rubber handles i was wondering did he get shocked so he didn't get shocked okay. at all but if yeah if he wouldn't have been holding those handles it probably would have been a bit a bit, a bit different oh. and it was a. It was a. I laughed pretty hard. It was a pretty, pretty funny train of events. The fact that he told you to watch first <laughs> yeah. is like yeah. the best part. He is the best part that he actually said, and, "Watch this." And he was very like. He, it looked like he was proud or like he yeah. was like hyped up to do. It. He's like, "Yeah, we're, we're doing this," and it right. just blew up quite literally in his face. And so that that is that was, that was my my story. That is a good. So the question is, did he get it fixed then? Did it actually work? Yeah, it, it's working very. <laughs> very well now nice. <laughs> thank you for that story yes, Landon. yes ah wow <clears throat> okay is it actually my turn now yeah okay yeah. Cool. I mean, you're <laughs> the only one left so by process of elimination it's your turn. <laughs> we're not calling derek back into this <laughs> no. okay so i in researching for my kind of spicy i kind of fell into a, a wormhole or rabbit hole or whatever you call those things that you just go down <laughs> for a while and so I hope my facts don't come out all jumbled, and I hope they're actually facts. But some of us didn't I, have facts for ours, so it doesn't <laughs> okay. matter. Yeah. Well, I don't have cool orchestral music with somebody lolling away, but what I do have is silence. Oh. So, have you ever heard of the? Uh, it's called the National Radio Quiet Zone. I think I hypothetically no. have, but I can't forget what it is. Hypothetically? Okay. I'm going to tell you about it. So it's, have you ever heard of radio astronomy? No. No. So I, it's not something I know much about, but basically all stars and, and I guess galaxies and, you know, astronomical things emit radio waves. And those ra- some of those waves actually reach Earth and you can, I guess, tell certain things about a star or a galaxy by it the kind of waves it's emitting <clears throat> and so and you can and the so they have these these big old telescopes that capture these these radio waves and they use them to study our universe and you one of the benefits is you can do it during the daytime not just at night i mean it's different than a visible telescope in that um in that way so in order to do this for all these like far out galaxies and whatever all they're studying, they need to not have interference from other radio, um, uh, the radio waves essentially. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I'm going to see if I can pull up 
the the facts here so I get this right. So the kind of the epicenter of this. So there's a there's a zone called okay. So the, what I called earlier the National Radio Quiet Zone is a pretty large section that borders. Um, I think it's like what they say thirteen. It's thirteen thousand square miles that it, it straddles West Virginia and Virginia and gets in on a bit of one of the other New England states or is it Maryland or something I forget. Uh, but kind of the the center of it all, or at least one of the really um, the really quiet zones, is close to Green Bank, Virginia, and it's I think it's reasonably close to Charlottesville, Virginia. At least that was one of the cities that is somewhat impacted. Uh, but within, so they have the, this big old telescope there, and it's it's a picture like a a, a dish, like a TV dish or something like that except it's 100 meters across in diameter. Whoa. It's like a big wow. whopping thing. And within the within the 10 miles okay, the most severe restrictions are within um, a 20 mile radius of the Green Bank Observatory. And the observ- observatory actively polices the area around for devices emitting what they call noticeably high amounts of electromagnetic radiation, such as microwave ovens, Wi-Fi routers, and faulty electrical equipment, and they request citizens to discontinue their usage. That's from Wikipedia. So wow. they don't actually p- possess legal powers of enforcement, but they can maybe fine you a little bit, like 50 bucks or something. But they try to like kind of work with you on it. Uh, so some of the things they've had they've had trouble with uh let me see if i can quick pull that up here so th- this is this is so like important that within i think it's maybe within 10 miles or something at least right close to the to the epicenter of this thing they only use vehicles that are diesel powered because gas powered engines have a spark to them um and they have extra radiation that way i guess Oh, wow, or, or I guess it's the electrical ignition or something with a gas-powered engine is not um, preferable. Huh. Um, <clears throat> so, to aid in limiting outside interference, the area surrounding the Green Bank Observatory, this is from Wikipedia again, was at one time planted with pines characterized by needles of a certain length to block electromagnetic interference at the wavelengths used by the observatory. At one point, the observatory faced the problem of North American flying squirrels tagged with United States Fish and Wildlife Service telemetry transmitters. Electric fences, electric blankets, faulty automobile electronics, and other radio wave emitters have caused great trouble for the astronomers in Green Bank. (coughs) All vehicles on the premises are powered by diesel motors to minimize interference by ignition systems, like I said earlier. So anyway, I was just kind of uh, surprised there was such a thing and intrigued because it seems like... A very high-tech operation, I guess. Yeah, so. no doubt. I'm mostly surprised you're doing that, like, in the, on the East Coast. Like, it seems to be the kind of thing you do in, like, a desert in Nevada or... Yeah. You know, right. Do yeah. it on some land you stole from some Indians out west or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why that's the, uh, why that's, like, the place. Mm-hmm. They, so, like, it mentioned... So, it's a big enough area. There are cities within that area, okay. or at least... I think it said the the western part of Charlottesville, Virginia, is impacted. But I, 
it's only like the 10 or 20 mile radius yeah. around there that is really heavily um watched i think and then out from there i think there's i'm sure i think it was more had to do with like like actual radio broadcasting mm-hmm. and and maybe tv and some of that stuff that's more like on the commercial scale it doesn't really affect the everyday person okay. uh-huh. but like they have to use directional antennas or they can't they have to like use pretty low power equipment or only certain frequencies or some of that kind of stuff. Huh. Um, so it's not like the entire area is like completely locked down, but it does. I was, I was also reading that it does tend to attract. So green bank isn't a very big place. I think they, I think I read in 2010, the population was 140 something. Uh, but it tends to attract people that think they have adverse reactions to like mm-hmm. electromagnetic fields or, radio waves or something so <laughs> so you don't have to wear a tinfoil hat there i guess yeah i guess not so anyway that's my kind of spicy cool that is that's, spicy so i have a question about that we were talking about occupations would you the rest of you guys would like to have that occupation of policing this area honestly that sounds kind of fun it's probably people that get chopped off at you <laughs> i mean i feel like if you live in that area you probably were like duly warned ahead yeah. of time and <laughs> kind of know what you're gonna get you into, probably always have that you probably always have that one guy who's not complying and like <laughs> who's run, tagging run, the flying run, squirrels, <laughs> running his microwave. You know, yeah. gets an old microwave on purpose. <laughs> but do you yeah, know how exactly. much fun it'd be to drive down to a house and be like, "Our records indicate that you are running the microwave for two minutes, <laughs> heating up your butter between, <laughs> between yeah. five p.m. and six p.m. last night." <laughs> you just Could you be please like, not do that. It's like, <laughs> Billy, <laughs> I've said it once. I'll, I'll say it again. I'll have to say it a thousand times. I like, just get rid of the microwave. <laughs> Because you know there's probably some dude like sitting on his porch with a banjo and just wants a microwave. Yep. He doesn't want to move, but he wants a microwave. That's right. Anyway, anything else on Kind of Spicy or is that it for the day? That's it for me. Okay. This has been Kind of Spicy. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Bacon Bits segment of the podcast. This is our catch-all segment where we just share with you like flavorful little morsels that we didn't know where else they fit into the podcast. So today we have something called Get to Know the Producer. So we get to know Landon, and so we're going to ask him questions to get to know him. So Brad, that's right. what question do you have? I have a question, but first I just want to thank you so much, Landon, for being on the show because mm-hmm. you do so much for us, and I'm gushing over you right now. Okay, thank oh, you. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> but it is great to have your voice appear on the show, actually. I think we need a segment mm-hmm. called The Preacher Gushes. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I don't know about that one there. <laughs> Might be a little too spicy. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by that? I don't know. <laughs> Please clarify. <laughs> okay, so my question is, we were talking about occupations earlier. Okay. What is your occupation, Landon? Okay, I... Uh, started a job this summer working at Glenn's Bulk Food, which is a little book shoppy and local grocery store with Jeez. a deli. <laughs> I am plugging Sweet. them right now. Yeah, that's right. Um, And I worked there a couple days a week during the summer. And now during the school year, I'm working like two afternoons a week. Okay. And I enjoy it. So. Cool. cool. I think it's sweet that you continue in the school year because that can be a lot of work, but it's kind of sweet that you can keep that up over the school year. Yeah. What, so I, can I just ask a question quick too? Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of stuff do you do there? Like do you do – are you a clerk or do you stock or what? I have, I've gotten in a rhythm now. Like when I – in the summer, they kind of threw me into everything. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. let's see right. what he's good at, what he can do. 
So I can do basically everything. Gotcha. That, wow. That nice. That normal wow. people can. I mean, I don't like <laughs> order anything you can do. I can do better. I don't like make. I don't do do orders. You don't do like the management or yeah. Gotcha. Give raises and that <laughs> stuff. Sadly, I wish I wish I could. Um, but maybe next summer. Right. Yeah. Right now, I'm. I'm. <laughs> right now, I'm in like. I I do cleaning basically. I'm basically the janitor. Oh, Ooh, nice. nice. I clean the store. And dude, that actually sounds kind of is this fun. something you enjoy? Yeah, it's like it's something you can just kind of do mindlessly and <laughs> listen to podcasts. No, you can't. Oh, oh, sadly, actually, you, when I'm washing dishes, you can listen to music. Oh, okay. So okay, nice. but I don't really listen to podcasts. But you kind of get to like enough. you kind of get to look around the whole store when you're cleaning it. Though. Oh yeah, like, and, and it's fun to see people come in and mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, I didn't know you worked here." And then I'm like, "Oh yeah," and then like, "When did you start?" And I'm like. During the summer, like, oh, you had cool. this conversation long haven't you? ago. Yeah, yet not so very long ago. Okay, that's right. yes, okay. this is true. So, is it my turn to ask another question, or is that my question? See, that was you can ask. That's okay, true. I was going to ask yeah. it, so you, it's okay. good. Perfect. Go so, because I do want to ask this question. So, if you could live anywhere, where would you live? Hmm. Like, that's tricky because, like, live anywhere with. Because I have like such a community here. That so like. okay, so let's just say you could take the community with you. Okay. Oh my. Or whatever of the community mm. you wanted with you. I, guess. I mean, I can like oh, pick and choose. Can I do this <laughs> you, unless you wanted to be like a hermit or something. And uh, go. Well, like if people weren't an issue. Right. Yeah. If people weren't an issue, like mm. where would you like for the location or whatever the location has to offer? Where would you go? Like, I don't know. Montana's kind of cool. Mm. It's kind of mm-hmm. cold down there. Or up there even, but yeah. Depends wow. how you look at it. I guess depends where you're coming from. Yeah. Wow, they're kind of coming out of left field there. If you get my <laughs> coming out of Alaska <laughs> is what it sounds pun. like uh, to me. Anywhere's down if you go far enough. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I heard that Montana's really nice. Can so. you unpack it is that? nice. <laughs> the world is a globe. Okay, can I ask Ryan for, for Landon? No, okay. I thought the world was flat. Oh, never mind. It's the tinfoil hat. It's, they're not ready to know that. Okay, so Landon. Okay. How old were you when you had your first celebrity crush, and who was it? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Please How? say Hannah Montana. <laughs> no, I'm not. Never gonna ever say that in my entire life. Okay. I know you had one. I mean, I don't know who it is, but I'm sure you did. Insider information. Oh no, you're not uh, saying that. No, I don't. Wait, how do you? I thought maybe you knew something. Actually, about wait, does I'm, everybody have a celebrity crush or what? Except for you. No, I don't know. I'm sorry. Um. Okay. Sheltered. Uh, yeah, and I guess. I think, okay, probably like when I'm 11, 11-ish. I don't know. I didn't really watch a lot of movies until like my later years in life. But uh, Scarlett Johansson. You will not know who that is. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. But yeah, there it is. So, so wait, like, so I don't, what, what movie don't was she in or what? Uh, I don't know. She's in like a lot of different movies. Hmm. But just, I don't know. It's a bit I, of a... I've heard the name, but I... Yeah, wouldn't couldn't put a face to her. Sorry, I am so oh, like okay. uncultured. Have have of, no of course, I, that's still not a thing. Like at all, like I, you know, I, I, I would never, never. It was just in your. I put away days. childish things. Yeah. Okay, good. good. Like yeah, just don't look at my lock screen. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Drop. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, I don't have a second question ready. <laughs> oh, you don't. I'm sorry. I, did I say I did? Oh, I thought no, we were going for round two. Well, I think we were going to, but I didn't get one ready. No, so fine. go ahead. If oh, I come okay, up with sure. one, we'll go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My second question was, what is like your, like a dream 
the kind of I don't know far out hobby. Ooh, like a dream hobby, but it, it doesn't have to be like anywhere like super realistic either. Okay, I hmm. I have a horrible problem of picking up hobbies and then <laughs> not continuing them. Um, maybe like like YouTube. I thought you have that hobby already. I know, but oh, I don't okay. really do it. He wants to develop <laughs> oh, gotcha. it. I wa- like, sure. Oh, like go big time YouTube, you're saying? Yeah, I'm not even go big time. Just be consistent enough because I don't have like the willpower to produce enough videos. To <laughs> it takes a lot of work. Right? It does. Take, yeah. It takes gotcha. a lot of work. Gotcha. So, so yeah. So I want to piggyback off of that since you piggyback off to something or other. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by you that? You piggybacked off of my question enunciation. Well, tough um, scene. Let's go. Um, <laughs> totally blanked out. <laughs> Did you forget it already? <laughs> I talked too much in between. <laughs> okay, so here's the question. Um, you do like techie types of things. Like, what? when did that start or where does that come from? Do you still like it now that you do it as a uh, pseudo-occupation? We don't pay you much, but... <laughs> we don't yeah. pay you anything, actually. <laughs> uh, you pay me in Cheetos, and that that's is... True. That's all I I did need. provide Cheetos, yes. For those um, who didn't know, Landon was eating Cheetos during the last segment. <laughs> during the last segment. <laughs> I got hungry. <laughs> I, um, so I don't remember like what age I was, but okay. When did like iPhones come out or like smartphones? Like 2010, 2000, right? Ooh, or like, roughly somewhere around there. Okay, yeah. something like that. So not as long ago as you might have thought. I was born in 2004, so I, I was I was probably like I got into tech just before iPhones. I was into the flip phones. I had gotten a flip phone from. My dad, I think, like my dad passed it down to me, and I absolutely like did every single thing I could on it. I went through all the settings. Those ringtones, though. Yeah, the ringtones. Oh, my introduction. Did it have games? To, like they, little had, they had games. pixelated games. Snake. I would go. Oh, snake! I, that was a real. D- they had, yeah, I got pretty good. Snake, they had Pac-Man. Lie. They had well, Snake. Like, Whoa! Snap. Yeah, it was like Dude, a. Dude, this is like a what, what, was, what was it? What was the phone? Was it a razor? I don't know. Please tell me it was a flip phone. So yeah. it might have been a razor. I think it was a razor. Was it one of those like kind of thin? Yeah, blue, like, sleek. Kind of thin Boy, you had a razor. You were riding top oh, class. Oh, man. Yeah, I was. So you could put like different like cases on them too or like whatever. I never skins. had the cases. But the uh, but pictures were amazing. I love taking pictures too. So. Uh-huh. My sister gave me her Nokia, not even a flip phone. It's just like a brick essentially uh-huh. <laughs> with a blue and yellow smiley face case that she got at a garage sale for 25 cents. But you could play Snake on there. Oh. You could play some kind of parachute game and there's a biker game that was the best. I remember you used to play that game and I was like low-key jealous of you because it was like the <laughs> coolest thing to me and I was like, I want this I want this phone. It was like <laughs> two pixels I, essentially. <laughs> yeah. like my bargaining probably wasn't the best at that Sorry. young age. I have no idea what happened to that thing. I might still have it. I maybe. probably stole it from you. Probably. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Okay, is that your question, Kristen? No, that was Brad's question. Yeah. Right? Oh, yep. oh, oh, wait. It's oh, your turn, though, turn? right? Okay, now I'm very lost. Okay, sorry. We went out of order. I went first, though, yeah, Brad, okay. so it's your turn. Okay, so I'm going to go with a little bit of a twofer right here, because the first one's really easy. Okay, just okay. shooting from the hip. What position do you like to sleep in? The they hip? call me the rotisserie chicken. Because <laughs> 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 I... Cause I, I I don't. I they call you the rotisserie white boy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you Sorry. assuming? Are you assuming? Um, 
No, I can see you. <laughs> well, they can't. I was trying to remain anonymous. Um, so, <laughs> I, so someone get this back on the rails. Which <laughs> you I, uh, I, I think side. Okay, side. Okay, solid choice. Now, here's the actual question that I'm going to go with. Um, I'm sorry, I have no idea. It's it's a, we're good. Major eye roll. Have you ever just liked something and then changed your mind? And what was it? Uh. Hmm. I'm think- uh, I feel like I'm in an like, like interview. You <laughs> are. You kind of yeah. are. This is... Let me think. Okay. Yeah. Chick-fil-A sauce. I don't think I really liked it to start with. And then I started going there more and I was like, okay. Oh, that's a solid choice. I, yeah. I became a believer pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for Brandon. Were those connected or what was the <laughs> scoop yeah, on that? Yeah, I was really... No, they're just kinda, random. Kinda random. Me out okay. There. Okay. <laughs> so, if you... Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go for it. Well, I was just going to ask a final question. Unless, to, like, to wrap it up, I thought we could ask you if there's anything that you want our listeners to know about you. Like, if there's a fun mm-hmm. fact that you have. And I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. I didn't give you any heads up, but... He's available, I think. He is available. Yeah, I'm available. Um, if you need a producer to help you out, I will, <laughs> I will help you. He is not nice available in that case. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> oh, that's not who you're talking about. Okay. Um, Shrapers are my favorite. On <laughs> what is happening? On on that um, topic, I am. I don't know if you guys. I'm 16, so I'm a little bit younger than most of the guys that you listen to on a monthly um, basis. So. This content's coming from a, a youngin. That's right. A greenhorn. Okay. A novice. A noob. <laughs> a beginner. Oh, where, quite, where are we going with this? A silver level maker of Kristen, pods. you got something to say here? Can you shut this down? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if this is our fun fact or what, like basically your age is our fun fact or what? Well, <laughs> I, sorry, I just got no, lost. I, I just felt like they should know that because I don't think we ever said how old I am. Oh, this is gotcha. true. That is true. That is true. Yeah, oh, that's right. Anyway, well, that was. <laughs> I don't know what that what was. What happened? <laughs> amazing. I think we're done, aren't we? So, <laughs> I think this has been answers may vary. See you next time. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Good. Have a good day. (laughs) That's what happened. Thank you for listening to the Answers May Vary podcast. Our producer today was Landon Miller. Our host is Kristen Miller. Co-hosts are Brad Nisley, Derek Schmucker, and I'm Brandon Miller. If you liked what you heard, please go leave us a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can find us at patreon.com slash answersmayvary. And while you're online, go ahead and find us on Instagram at answersmayvarypodcast. We would also like to hear any feedback or question ideas that you would have for us. You can send all of that to answersmayvarypodcast at gmail.com. 